5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 46. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Mike, what's going on this week? Well, uh, we had a week off last week. We had two testimonies that were uh, scheduled, and both of them fell through. But something happened that night that uh, pushed GSR a little further along, and it was I do believe that it was uh, meant to be. Absolutely. God had directed that for sure. I believe that. Nothing surprises me anymore around here. Not it. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Trish, what's going on? Uh, I'm excited. Our friend uh, Janet Perez Eccles is out doing her mission trip in South America. She's so brave. She's actually she's she's blind. She's a former guest of ours. She is blind, but she is going unassisted to South America. And she said, "I'm going alone, but I'm not really alone." <laughs> hmm. That's so. next level faith. Yes. That's right. It really is. I, I wrote something on her Facebook page saying we were we were praying for her, and I can see, and I don't know that I'd go alone. Right. What about you, Mikey? I'd feel the same way. Sheesh. Wow. Well, we hope you guys have had a good week out there as well, and I'm going to let Mikey introduce our guest tonight. All right. Uh, we have uh, a gentleman here that I met when I first uh, went to uh, real life, and, and God kind of directed me to go into the production uh program and uh that's one that's the place where i met our next guest by uh, his name is uh, chris wassman earlier in the year he had given his testimony at real men that's why he's here tonight it was uh, i thought it was a good testimony for the listeners across the world to hear and for those someone's out there so chris wassman take it away hey welcome to the show chris hey thanks guys appreciate you uh allowing me this uh this opportunity to share my story uh, and I really, my prayer is that it will, um, it, God will use it to uh, speak to your listeners. Love that you guys are creating this platform, uh, people out there to find faith, and uh, just giving giving uh, myself and others an opportunity to uh, to share in a real way here. So uh, thank you for having me. We've been trying to horse swaggle you in here for yes. quite some time. <laughs> yes, we have, but. Yeah. You know, we're not surprised on on when things happen around here. It seems like everybody's timing is different, and because Father plans it that way, right? And we also we just that just brought to mind too that we were supposed to do it uh, do his testimony last month because it was taped, and somehow or another it could not be found in the space who had mm. uh, taped it. So I think uh, God, God wanted Chris here. Live. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that. I do, too. Well, I believe it with you guys. I think, uh, you know, one thing I didn't mention on the way in is that, uh, you know, a lot of this has to do with my marriage. Coincidentally, we've been going through some some new challenges just recently, and I think 
Um, that is why God would have me to go back through this. It, it seems like each time uh, we get into that place where the, the enemy creeps up on you, he provides an opportunity to just share this story with uh, someone or handful of people. And it, uh, you know, through that story, it, it just sort of reiterates what, what I stand for and and just what he's brought us through. And so I think this is the timing is great. I'm excited about the opportunity to to work back through this. Okay. Good. Well, I'll jump right in. You know, if if I if I start way back, I was I was raised as a Catholic church every Sunday uh, at a Catholic church, and, and it was, um, I think I was more excited about going out for donuts afterwards than I was about uh, going to church and doing the, the stand-up, sit-down, kneel, and repeat after me. And Amen, that is, brother. Amen. That is not a shot on being a being a, a Catholic, um, or the Catholic religion, rather. I just, I learned very well how to do those things. What I did not learn, um, what I did not take away from that was a relationship with Jesus. And, and look, that falls on, on me as well. At an early age, you know, when I was old enough to make my own decisions and moved out from home, I quickly steered away from Catholic faith and from my my relationship or well, what was not a relationship with God. And so at that point, I was out on my own and I took to alcohol really well. thought I was great at it. Alcohol, drugs, girls, you know, I was I was into all three. Uh, thought I was I was really awesome at it. As it turns out, I was I was actually not that but not that good at it. So, not long after, uh, shortly after high school, I joined the military, and uh, about that time was when Desert Storm, Desert Shield, Desert Storm happened, and so um, I had the opportunity to go through um, that experience. There was a number of times in Desert Storm where I thought I really thought my time was up, and there's you know there's a whole background story on that at the time. I didn't know it. God clearly had a plan for me, and uh, you know I, that was not evident to me until for way further down the road. So, having gotten through that, um, I came back and just continued the bad habits. Only worse now because I was—I uh, guess I figured I was bulletproof at that point. So I went so far as to marry a stripper for a record of three weeks or so. That should get everybody's attention wow. on here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I'm embarrassed for you. No, How real kidding. should we get? Man, I'm going to buy your tape. <laughs> Three, yeah. You're not supposed to marry this stripper, Chris. Hey, next session, we'll get into those stories. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we'd have some people dial in for that. So, yeah, I was pretty far off the path, needless to say. It took some time, but I, I finally cleaned up my act when I married, what I would say, I married up a couple of notches. I I married a girl that um, seemingly was was Laura Engel. Um, she was clean cut. Gosh, I didn't even know how to ask this girl out, but somehow I ended up with her. We got married, and um, I got real serious about my career. Um, I was fortunate to that point to have gotten some good experience in the hospitality industry, and so started to climb the corporate ladder and really build that uh, picture book life that we all uh, we all think is is the answer. And so uh, everything revolved around that worldly image of of success because that's it's all I knew to that point in my life. So it wasn't until we had kids that we decided we needed to give them some sort of a foundation of faith. In doing so, we, we went out and started to to shop churches, and uh, I went to several churches each Sunday, an early morning service and a second service. 
landed at real life when it was back here on on Hook Street, and uh, it was a very you know it was it was pretty small at the time, but it, immediate impact. Um, it was so different. Felt like we were breaking the rules initially, but the kids really latched on, and and Amy responded. My wife responded really well to it. So everything was great at that point. Um, we even had some people within the church reach out to us and start to minister to us as we were getting involved just trying to find out our story and um, they made comments about it how this is incredible normally we get people that are um, they're broken down by the time they show up to church right something draws them in here they're just at a point where they sort of give Um, and for us it wasn't that story we seemingly were doing really well had had found success, like I said, in the workplace, and, and our kids were awesome, and our marriage, you know, I was bragging about our marriage. You know, they made the comment laughing that it was kind of, we were just add Jesus family. We started to attend services there, and um, I remember that during worship, uh, during worship songs, my wife and I would actually come to tears, and, and we were holding each other's hand, and uh, it happened several times, and what I didn't realize at the time is that we were we were in that place very separately. It, it, she was coming to tears for a total different reason than than I was. Um, she was really broken on the inside. I was super happy, like man, I can't believe we found finally found the answer. She was really broken, and some things were um, really coming to a head with her. So, you know, little did I know, God was just He was placing us exactly where we needed to be for the coming season. That's about when. Uh, when things really started to unravel and, and the bottom fell out in our marriage, I found out that my wife was so broken from some things that dated back to her childhood and, and early teens that she had had and was having multiple affairs. Like I said, this is a girl that, you know, from the outside, you would you would say she's Laura Ingalls. She follows all the rules. She's prim, prim and proper to the degree that when I when I called my parents, tremendously broken they said i i don't understand like tell me again what what are you saying that that doesn't make sense it just it really it didn't it didn't make sense at all so she was she was living somewhat of a a jekyll and hyde story that had had everyone fooled including me i i hurt at the time when i found out physically emotionally it was a it was a pain that um that brought me to my knees, for sure. Uh, I was I was angry. I went for for months without eating. I couldn't talk to people. Couldn't look somebody in the eye. It, it was it, that whole perfect life that I had built. That I had built is the key there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a sham, and so I was I was demolished. I was really embarrassed. I was really let down. And I was, you know, truth be told, I was let down. I felt that let down with God, too. You know, I, I again, I was on my knees and angrily looked up to him and said, why? Like, what, what, what good could possibly come of this? Why would my kids need to experience this? Why would my wife need to experience this? Why would I need to, you know, in our marriage? This, this is, we were seeking you out. Like, we finally got to that place where we found you and we're seeking you out. The thought was, this is how this is how you repay me, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was a very immature thought at the at the time that that happened. I remember 
I remember the pain, and one of the pastors, the reason that I'm, I'm very connected to Mitch McKinney, our pastor over at the East Camp, is because he described a pain at one time. He went through some depression, and he said, I remember hurting physically from the from the emotional pain that I was having. I I wasn't going to commit suicide, but I finally understood how people could get there. I knew that if I stayed in that place for long enough that I I could find myself there and so I finally understood, you know, where before it was like why would why would anybody even think that? As soon as he said that, I I connected with that that feeling of you know, now I understand where, where that comes from. And so, you know, at that point, my kids, I think my kids thought I was really dying. I kind of sat in the same place in the house for a really long period of time. I wanted to run, you know, away from the problem. I wanted to get away fast. I wanted to, I wanted to get a drink. I wanted to get even. There was a lot of things from a worldly standpoint that I felt like were the way that I I wanted to respond to that. And I think at the time, I just had to, I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision of what I stood for. So we had now discovered what faith really was through real life. And I guess I, I you know, what I heard God saying to me was, it's it's time to, to you're either all in <laughs> or you don't really believe in this. And so it's easy to be a Christian when when everything's going well. That part that part was easy. What about when it's not? Do I believe that the Bible is the word of God? Do I believe what it says about Jesus and who he is? And what does he say that I can actually do at this point or should do at this point? Because I can tell you that I was not man enough to deal with what was in front of me. And I think that was a a big part of why God led me down that path, because to that point in my life, it was was me driving. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm a very prideful person in nature, and I think most of us are, but I have a particularly strong dose of it. It took something like this for me to to say, "I, I give, can't do it. There is no other explanation for how I got through this mess than than God actually dragged me through it, so that um, for one thing, I could sit here with you guys. So, Amen. Um, and we've all been drugged through it too. We always all felt that. Yeah. So I I sought answers at that point from the Bible. I sought answers from these new Christian people that I had met, and I looked to see what is what does Scripture say? What does God? What does he say in this situation that I'm in? And, and you know, there was a couple of people that even pointed out, hey, Scripture says I can divorce her at this point for, for, for this infidelity. But what it didn't say was that I should divorce her. It said I can. And there's a big difference there. Over that time, God just sent the exact right person at the exact right moment to say exactly what I needed to hear in order to, to keep it going. And so... I learned I learned several things along the way through that scripture and everything. And the first thing was, hey, I want to be in this relationship. There's no advantage to to running at this point. What I learned is that we're look we're called to forgive. There's so much scripture that speaks to that. If you do not, Matthew six fifteen says, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. Mm-hmm. That is a scary thought. And it also says in Luke six thirty seven, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. 
So some really powerful scripture about that forgiveness. And, and that was a hard thing to work through. And I had to understand what forgiveness was. Real forgiveness is not, it's not making it okay or condoning it. It's just letting go of the debt. Just like we are relieved of our debt through Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's also scripture that says, um, uh, was Matthew five twenty eight says, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so, um, you know, I have to be honest with myself at that point and, um, and, and, and just acknowledge that I'm, I'm a sinner. And uh, who am I to judge her or anyone else for that matter? And I'm forgiven, and, and because of that, I'm called to forgive others. And so Scripture also told me at the time that I was, I was to lead my family. I'm called to lead my family and to lead my wife uh, spiritually. I couldn't honestly say that, that I had done that to that point. That was kind of a big slap in the face. You know, one of the other lessons that, that happened was uh, I learned that if you replace God with, with anything, really, if you replace him with your job, you'll get disappointed. If you replace him with your, your wife, even, you will be disappointed. If you replace him with your kids or money or a house or a car or a bad habit, you will eventually be disappointed. None of those people or things really have the ability to sustain you like, like God does. No, they don't. None of those people or things love you like our God does. None of those people or things are as trustworthy as our God is, and none of those people or things have sacrificed what our God has to be in relationship with us. And so it is, uh, it's a recipe for disappointment if you try to replace them. And and I don't want to I don't want you to get this wrong. It's not a selfish, don't love others thing. It's just simply a don't don't replace thing. Don't don't make a you know. I think some of the pastors at Real Life have said it before. Don't make a good thing a a God thing. He he comes first every mm-hmm. time Absolutely. is the deal. So one of the other questions I had to ask myself at this point was if, if the whole point of our existence, what I was reading was to to glorify God, right? How do I do that? How do I do that at this point when I'm so broken? And I had to think through those. What were those scenarios? You know, the one one with me running off. Does you know? Does he get glory from me going out for a lot of drinks, or getting even, or living in a one bedroom apartment and seeing my kids once a month, or my wife continuing the pattern maybe that um, that she had been going through? He really doesn't. He gains so much more glory from me building a marriage and a family that's based on having Christ at the center and loving my wife like Christ loved the church. Amen. Not when she's nice or I liked everything about her, but unconditionally and always. You read it in Ephesians what that love looks like, and it's overwhelming to think of that the church, that we as the church, we spit on them, we nailed them to a cross. (laughs) We did. We let him down at every turn. As he was on that cross, he begged for our forgiveness. That's an overwhelming. It's an overwhelming thought, and so that's that's the way I'm called to to love my wife. I normally plug our care counseling program over there at this point because it's a it's a really it's an outstanding program. It's a five week set program where we work with couples, and and this is part of where where I feel like God really. He really has used us um, and our story is to uh, to help couples that are in are in trouble and just share this share this story with them. It's a it's a great program over at Real Life. You know, my question 
to people is normally, you know, when when I'm when I get to share this is what what kind of what kind of things are people are are they carrying around every day that that they need to leave at the foot of the cross that forgiveness thing is really powerful and so when i went through it i made it a point to not just make it about the marriage and the trials there but to to really look deep into my life and consider all the places where i had been carrying some stuff around for a long time and uh, amy amy did as well you know i'll just remind you i I wasn't man enough to do what to do what I did or to have dealt with it or even still to continue to deal with it. Look, there's, there's triggers every day. Um, I mentioned early on that we're going through one of those hurdles right now. It's not to say that everything gets, gets rosy thereafter. There are times when, when these things rear their ugly head and it takes reminding of what we stand for. It takes work to pray through that and to work towards it and uh, stay close to God. So it's, I can say it's really freeing to let uh, let God carry that weight instead of instead of dragging it around behind you. So I knew I knew I needed a, to be at church at that time and around good Christian friends. And I actually we were laughing about this earlier before we got on the air. I I started hiding out in the production room over there at Real Life. Normally a very outgoing person, probably more of a guest services personality, but that dark production room afforded me an opportunity to hang out at church but not have to interact with a lot of people. I ducked out in there for a good while, slowly worked through our mess of a marriage at that point, um, going through the counseling and everything, and just really stayed focused on on Christ at the time. Our daily verse, as we went through that whole repair, we looked at this one every day, was Ephesians four thirty one and 32, and it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Super powerful verse, particularly if you're carrying around some of those things like the, the brawling and slander and the rage and the anger. That one is, is, uh, is one that we rested in every day. So uh, Amy and I got baptized uh, not long after that. We actually renewed our vows formally invited Christ into our lives, into our marriage, into our family, that we really started to to reap the the reward of that. I'll throw this little disclaimer out there as well, because who knows who's listening, but maybe you know me, maybe you know my wife. I have have fun with this part that, uh, you know, if you do know her and uh, you were to look at her any differently after this, I would have to hurt you because she's an amazing woman. She lives for Jesus now. You know, God loves her just like he loves me and everybody else that's listening to this, despite all the reasons that we've given him not to love us. She really has, um, she and I both have really grown a great deal from this whole thing. As I look back on it, one of the one of the questions that really troubled me as I, as we were continuing to repair was the was the why. Right. That that one chipped mm-hmm. away at me every day. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't quite understand it, and so it took me a few years and uh, what I would say a couple slaps in the face from God figure it out, but he did. He really made good of a terrible situation. We tell everybody we, we're taking our mess and turning it into his message. We, through a couple different events, um, there was a Extreme Home Makeover show on TV where uh, they showed the, this couple that was living in a house of shambles, basically, and they were counseling people in their community. 
and they had these couples on. Of course, they send the they sent those people off on vacation, and they had these couples on that they had affected that were helping to rebuild their house, and and just asked them, hey, what what about these people? You know, draws you to them, and they said, you know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be together. Is the bottom line. These people give everything, and they ask for nothing. And so it was a really compelling story that sort of chipped away at us. There was also, uh, we were fortunate enough to have Don Piper at the church. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. That was um, that was the one that pushed me over the edge. Here's a guy that was dismembered dead. Dead. and dead, right? A best-selling author. And he tells this powerful story about how he came through this. And I don't, I think anybody that's listening, it's worth going out there and researching this one and, and reading this story. It's a great story. What he said in the end was just, look, God, God brought me through that so that I could stand right here in front of all of you and say, what are you doing with your story? You know, what, how do you take that story and bring people closer to God? You know, he's doing things in your life. Take those things. It really, it really takes you stepping out on a ledge um, and doing something uncomfortable you know, in order to in order to see God at work like that, most of us want to just stuff those those things away. We want to, you know, I don't want. Who wants to get on radio and talk about <laughs> their stuff, <laughs> right? Their stuff and talk about all this junk, right? But right? it's look, it's this is God's glorified in this um, because the the good news is there's there's good news. There's a mm-hmm. there's a comeback in all of this, and everybody loves that. Uh, everybody loves that story. So right. Not only did you you know your marriage was restored, but now you're helping to restore others. Exactly. So we went we went at that point to counseling pastor Dr. Jeff Barnes and said, I feel like we keep getting nudged that we're supposed to help other people with this, and I know we're still you know we're repairing and this that and other. But I just feel like God's saying something that we're supposed to help other people. And so and affairs, nobody can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, nobody has right, those right, problems. Right. right. That's not going on. There's out there. really no better healing than participation. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I said that to Dr. Jeff and he hesitated for a minute. I couldn't believe what came out of his mouth. He said, you know, we decided last night to shut down our counseling center that was separate from the church and because it, we just can't afford to keep it going. But we wanted to bring it in the church and develop care counselors. My husband and, and he I said, went care "I care prayed counselors. last night for God to bring me the people to do this counseling." <laughs> and he's bringing them forward the army. <laughs> there you go. So that's our story of how we got started in that counseling. The first, it, it was really uncomfortable to do it. I will say this: my wife didn't eat the the day we were supposed to do counsel our first couple. They assigned us a couple. And they canceled, I think, three times. Mostly, be, the the guy did. You know us. We don't need we don't need counseling. No. <laughs> I guess she finally, the wife finally consist, convinced him to come in for counseling. And so they said, okay, we're on. So Amy and I went up there at the last minute. She had been sick to her stomach all day. I was nervous, but I'm used to speaking to people in my job role, and so probably wasn't as bad off. But I certainly was doubting. Uh, my mindset was, what if they What if they say something that triggers something for us? What if they say something that we don't know how to handle? It was a scary situation to think about uh, about stepping out on this ledge, is what, is what I would call it. That couple was a, a young black couple that when they came in, they sat 
super far apart. The gentleman filled out the bare minimum of his paperwork, and and she looked like she was on the verge of a breakdown. And um, he, they didn't communicate or anything. So we brought him back to the room and we introed ourselves to him. And I started to work through the program as I was supposed to. I had my book open, start with the questions, and I couldn't couldn't really get an answer out of him. Couldn't get him engaged in the conversation. And, and meanwhile, his wife looked like she wanted to she wanted to come apart. I learned that night what what the Holy Spirit is all about, what God in us is. For whatever reason, I closed that book, and I said, look, i got to tell you something. We're scared to death. Like, you're our first couple. <laughs> okay? We don't have a certificate, a degree. We are not doctors. We are not qualified to do this outside of the fact that we have sat right where you're sitting. We're scared. We're scared that you're going to say something that we don't know how to handle or that it's going to dig up emotions for us because what what you don't know is that we have we have a really crazy story. At that point, that it, it was like everybody relaxed. And so this guy started to engage in the conversation and we come to find out he was in jail for 7 years for a you know, a pretty pretty major crime. So no wonder he didn't want to show emotion. You know, it started to explain a lot of why he was acting the way he was. She divulged that she was sexually abused as a youngster, had never shared it until that moment. Mm. And the wheels just came off for her. She just melted. By the end of the session, we walk them out. The girl latches on to Amy. She's weeping, and Amy's holding her, and it's going to be okay. And I went to shake the guy's hand. This is big dude right i'm you can't see me right now but i am not a big dude <laughs> i'm a whopping five six with my shoes on uh tall in stature, tall right, in stature right thank you this is radio i can be anybody right that's right <laughs> so i'm not a big dude he is a large dude that has spent time in prison. Uh, in prison and so i am a little bit freaked out at this point but i reach out to shake his hand and, and uh, tell him you know thanks for deciding to come in he grabs my hand and pulls me in and throws his arm around me and says, thanks, man. I'll see you next week. Mm. Wow. And it was at that point that we, that Amy and I, the door closed behind them, and she squealed and jumped into my arms, and I said, this is the why. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it now. Absolutely. I understand. I understand exactly why we went through what so we went through. Exactly. There, there's so much through. value in sharing with somebody else and being humble and saying, look, I get it. They a doctor may not have res, been able to elicit that same response from them. They may have felt a disconnect and that that's not a dig at people that are in that profession. There was just something amazing about what God created in that conversation, that connection that he created. And we we worked with them alongside of them. God worked through us over 5 weeks. Those two were sitting next to each other. They are still we just had them over for dinner recently mm-hmm. and it, this has been several years now. They're still happily married. And as a matter of fact, the girl went through additional training. And she now counsels other women that have been sexually abused. Wow. And that, that's the gospel what lived out. it's all out. about that's right there, baby. That is the gospel lived out. I think I mean, it's easy to be clinical. Mm-hmm. I think when they found out that you hurt in the same manner they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie barred the door. And you can yeah. say. It was on. We've been through this. We've been down this road. For sure. So, you know, that was... Um, that was just such a powerful time for us, and so we really dug in. We we decided that this was what we were called to do. 
the other places that we were volunteering within the church and really decided instead of throwing pebbles in the water here, there, and the other, that we were going to throw a boulder in the water um, in one place and, and see if we could make a big ripple in the kingdom. And so um, God has been using us ever since then to just to connect with other couples and relate with them and draw them closer to him. And it's, it, you know, that's one of, I don't know how many stories that we've been fortunate, you know, we've just been blessed to be a part of, and I can't wait for the the party in heaven when we get to see all these people and say, hey, look, we, we were there. We hung out with you, you know. Yep. We experienced God together. So at that point, God pretty much in my life, he released me of the worldly hunger in every way. I'm uh, really done climbing the corporate ladder. I, I am trying to pursue a life that allows us more time in ministry and and just uh, giving back to God's kingdom. And so those are the things that we're working towards personally right now and uh, in, in our walk. We are not living our life based on, on these horrific events of the past. Uh, we're living it looking forward. And so that's what I would say. I would say to the listeners out there is if, if you find yourself connecting with any part of this, just stop living your life based on something that happened to you in the past, whether it was when you're five or 13 or um, whether it happened yesterday, you don't have to live your life based on that. There's God is at work even in these terrible situations. And, um, you know, it's up to us to seek him out and uh, really to use those events to, to glorify him. It is, there's so much value in it. There really is. I know that there's a bunch of people living in that, that pattern where you just, you keep doing it. You keep doing what your parents did. Right. And, think about now, had I made the wrong choice back then to run, the example that would have been left for my kids is that the marriage would have been broken. Their perception of what uh, what marriage is would be broken. They would probably repeat that pattern, and it may be passed on to their kids mm-hmm. and to their kids. And, mm-hmm. and my hope is that Guaranteed. God changed the course of our entire family um, and, our, and generations to come through this through this event. And uh, that in and of itself is a pretty pretty exciting thought that that hopefully our kids will grow up to be godly kids and and pass that pass that down the line. I would just encourage everybody else out there to to live for something greater, uh, live for something greater than yourself or greater than those events. I'll leave you with the verse that that um, I still I look back on pretty consistently, and uh, that's Second Corinthians one three and four. It says, mm-hmm. praise be to the God and Father of, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's the why. And that's the verse that we have on our that's website. That's the favorite here, isn't it, Mikey? Awesome. God's Stories Radio. Yeah. There you go. Well, that, that, that is, um, that's the why. That's so, why we're here. That's yeah. what we do. Yep. So there you go. That's my story. And you're sticking to it? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks very much, Chris. I wanted to invite listeners, if you do have a testimony or a story and you want to share it with us, you can contact us at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. You can not use your real name if you don't want to. We don't mind that. We've had that. But we'd love to hear from you. We would if some portion of this testimony touched you in some way. 
Give us a ringy dingy. <laughs> ringy dingy. Twit us. It twit us. And, and we were talking before we started, and we're talking about uh, the testimony that God gives each one of us, and everyone is different. And as I say, you should guard it with your life because you will, when you do, you'll experience things like Chris had just mentioned. And it is more than you could even imagine, just in that. I want to thank you for doing the care counseling. I actually, my husband and I, basically the the threat was I'm leaving unless we go for counseling. Yeah. And you're probably familiar with that. <laughs> you don't know how many sets of paperwork that Amy and I have sat down with to review before we take on a couple. That the theme of the paperwork is this is our last go at it. Like right. we're just doing this to say that we tried everything. Exactly. It's, it's for uh, we just want to check the list and say I tried everything. It's it's really rewarding to see those couples move from that place. They were like, y- you folks need spiritual help and you need professional help. And I said, we're getting professional help, but we need you for the spiritual help. So it was ironic mm-hmm. because I said, we need both. We need the professional help, but we need the spiritual help. Mm-hmm. At the same time, so I would recommend that for any. There, there are so many options out there for help for counseling um, in the world, and um, you know what? What I've learned in this process is that the faith-based counseling mm-hmm. is is um, it gives you uh, it gives you something else to focus on. Where in many counseling environments, it's me, 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 them, them, them. This one's God, 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 mm-hmm. right? Right. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm I'm not the referee to say who's or who's right or wrong in these situations when we're in a counseling. It's I'm going to share with you what the word of God is. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it. I'm just going to share it with you. Here's what it says. The question is, are you willing to you know, do you really want a, a godly marriage and are you willing to do the work to to get there? It's um, the count. The counseling thing has really been. It's been such a blessing to us. It uh, we get as much out of every um, session, session as the couple does, without a doubt. It reinforces the things that we believe in. It's very hard for me to sit there and ask a a, a, a guy to pray with his wife at night if I'm not doing that mm-hmm. myself. Right. right? It's really been a blessing. And and you think about our calling to share our faith. A lot of people get scared by that. A lot of people think, I'm not going to go knock on the neighbor's door. And even inviting somebody to church is hard for a lot of people. I'm hardcore. I do it. But (laughs) but here's the thing. Sharing your story, like that's your story, right? I know. It's like selling somebody on a good movie or a good restaurant. I wanted to tell you thank you for coming because (laughs) we ask ask quite a few people, do you have a testimony? Would you come and share your testimony? (laughs) And not everybody says yes. So thank you for that transparency and coming out here and sharing that with us. It's only because, I I mean, I've seen seen the results of it. And I know what it does. This is not, it's not self-promoting. It would be a really bad job of self-promoting, actually. Yeah, it it would. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of an oxymoron there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all God. Hey, Chris, could I ask a favor? Sure. I've got my buddy John here tonight. Uh-huh. And uh, not to embarrass him, he didn't know I was going to do this. I, I told him to come, and uh, I know he's needing some encouragement. His wife 
uh, is suffering from cancer. They've just been through a lot. I just love this guy. Going to ask if you would you'd pray over him real quick. Absolutely, uh, John. I I am sorry to hear that, and uh, you can bet that you will be. The Wasmans are a praying family. That's Amen. one thing that we have learned. Uh, along the ways, and um, we're we're a praying family. So we, if we say we're praying for you, it's not a that's not a blanket statement. We're gonna you go on the list at the house, and and uh, there's Amy and myself and four kids that that will be lifting you up and lifting up your wife. And so, I I uh, if there's anything additional to praying that we can do to be supportive towards you, um, whether it's through the through the church or personally, I'll just invite you to. To reach out, that's a hard thing to ask people to do. To actually raise your hand and and say, "Hey, I I need some help in the counseling thing." It takes a you got to be humble to step forward and um, and say, "I can't do this." Need need and then receive that help <laughs> and be okay with it. I told you I have a healthy dose of pride, and so I have a hard time doing that myself. In fact, I was going through that lesson this week. Okay. Yeah. And Pastor, I went through Pastor Mitch gave me the beat down this week. Oh, he did, <laughs> yeah. About right. about raising my hand. I, I wait till I'm breathing through a straw from underwater. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> to say I need a little help here. Uh, we're still working on that, you know. I think in, in us as men, Lord, we have a double bed. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember down. back when, <laughs> before God found me, if I needed something, I would go without before I would ask for it. Yeah. And he definitely changed me around on that. We're we're wired not to fail. We're not supposed to fail. Yeah. We want to fix it. That's right. Make it right. Mm-hmm. That's how we do mm. it. We we learn a lot about that through the counseling process. That is so <laughs> revealing. <laughs> it sure is. And I was thinking back to that counseling session that he had it, that I was thinking he was going to say that the couple brought up the exact statement that would rip them apart kind of thing, you know, where God helps you to help somebody else for your own healing. That's what I was saying, but he got in, involved. And right. That's kind of similar to my story, which I'm telling Monday Night at Real Men, shameless plug. I, I got involved uh, with the music ministry with Phil and Corey, and my my audition was so bad. <laughs> they said, it's okay, it's okay, we can tell you can play. <laughs> they were so I gracious. always wondered how that would go if it was like American Idol. We have We have an awesome worship team. Yeah. At uh, real life, and I've always thought, like, should I go and try to sing or something? Because I don't know if that'll be very American Idol like. No. Like, who's sitting? Some there? people should just be on camera. Yeah, I am going to tell you right now Thanks. that is not my gifting. So you will not see me up there on stage. Mm-hmm. I will belt it out in the, um, in the in the, in the pews. Yeah, in the pews there. I you'll hear me belt. Well, you won't hear me belting it out. That's why I'm belting it out. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it loud enough there that you can you can sing along, have a good time, and nobody can tell how bad you are. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming out, Chris. That's sure going to be session 46, 46, which will be posted on the www.godstoriesradio.com. There is also a button there. Tell them about it, Mikey. A button? A donate button? Yes. We just uh, put that on there about a month ago. We were told, uh, actually, as far as I would see it, uh, we were told by God to put it there. And so if anyone out there is feeling the uh, God nudging them to uh, push that button, uh, it would just help us. Uh, we've been, uh, this has been coming out of our own pocket for the past uh, 13, 14 months. God is going to take us, take this further. 
we're going to need your help to continue to bring hope and comfort and encouragement to uh, those out there who are hurting and who are broken. Amen. True. We're we're trying to raise about eight hundred dollars, or eight, how much is it, Trish? Eight fifty. A little over eight fifty. A little over eight fifty. That's on our five hundred one c three. Right. That's the yeah. wish list. Number one thing on the wish list. So we have just recently got incorporated, and we've had a, a couple of people step up and donate and handle some things for us, and we appreciate that. God bless you. And, and we now have Joe Burke helping us out doing a uh, – yes. Joe Burke from Burke Works has stepped up and said, listen, I'm going to do your press, press pack kit. or mm-hmm. press kit, oh, you know, whatever yeah. you call that. All right. We did some headshots Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. We definitely got faces for radio, Mike. Well, we do. Thanks. I'll never – listen guys drop us a line sometime at god stories radio at gmail you can tweet us on the twitter and at god stories radio facebook.com at god stories radio so there's a million zillion ways you can get in touch with us you know just holler at us say hello say you're you're blessed send us a prayer request yes whatever we, we would like to get some encouragement as well sure we like talking the jab if that's something what was the word for the night? What was or, the word, should Chris? Should we say that on radio? Can we say that? Snarf. Snarf. Okay. Snarf. We won't Snarf tell them what it means. brought to you by Chris Wassman. Some people probably already know. <laughs> I don't. I like it. Yeah, it sounded cool. That's going in the library. I'll steal from you shamelessly. <laughs> you, can, you can have it. Oh, thank you, I Chris. probably shouldn't use it anymore. Praise God. It's yours now. Sharing is caring. <laughs> So anyway, well, that wraps it up for Session 46. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. A thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. And should I stumble again, still I'm caught in your grace. Everlasting, you light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame. Justice and praise